The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is TNA Knockout Gail Kim, and you're listening to the Rough House Podcast. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Shall we do the thing? Are we doing the thing? Yeah, yeah, things happening. Hi, everybody. Hello and welcome (laughs) to the Rough House podcast, the quarantine cast. I've I've lost count of how many days in we're in now. Well, we're in month four. Yes, yeah. That's um, the average thirty days per month. That's we're at one hundred twenty-ish. Yes, yes, which is just crazy. And there's no end in sight, Chris. And I just did math on a Sunday morning, so I'm proud of me. Yeah, yeah, bright and early. Actually, we are we are even recording before our normal 10 a.m. start. Like, it is 9.59 right now. You know what? I decided not to take a half-hour poop this morning. I limited it to uh, about 18 minutes. And uh, it's ama- amazing what you can get done in uh, in time normally spent pooping. I'm pooping amazed it takes as in you so playing long... games on my phone. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say. Uh, I, no, no, I, uh, yeah. The poop's out within, like, you know. <laughs> quickly yes <laughs> often. yes I, although I sometimes have... in the morning it's not the gravity hasn't quite worked its way Fair. to make the poop Fair. come out so sometimes sometimes legitimately you know the poop doesn't come out immediately sometimes you know you gotta you just gotta sit there and wait for gravity to do what it does yeah I, i've been mocked by friends in the past uh, by the way this is a wrestling podcast uh i'm marty yep. and that's pissed off yeah uh, I yeah. I have been mocked by friends in the past. Uh, for you're the one game. of those efficient poopers, aren't you? I am. I I get uh, in. Okay. Some bitches out. I get out. Yeah. I had a, I had a boss like that. He he was proud of his efficient pooping. Like we'd be in a meeting, you know, a music meeting or something. He'd be like, "I'll be right back." <laughs> hey, buddy. hey buddy, I'll be right back. And then he'd go and then uh, be back within like a, a ridiculous amount of time. They were like, "What did you have to take a leak?" It's like, "No, nobody." <laughs> That's the most efficient poop I've ever seen. Uh, I am not like that at work. If I have to go, I'm not a poop at work guy, uh, unless it's. Oh, like, you do not you know, employ the company. Company. No, I'm. Uh, I'm a private pooper. I like. Uh, I don't like. If I can avoid it, the potential of being around somebody else while I poop, I'm going to avoid it. See, I'm, uh, I'm pro work pooping, if only because you get paid on the clock. No, I get, well, now that I'm working to poop from home. Clock, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Now. My my poop average has yeah. stayed the same uh, yeah. on the clock or not. Yes. But uh, when I was at the office, 
Um, yeah, it, it would have to be a Code Brown situation where it was, uh, you know, usually I'm pretty good at, at muscling it to stay in. Yes. And pushing th- or, you know, mentally pushing through the pain of pooping yeah. Uh, yeah. contractions, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I poop a lot <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Not really. You know what? Uh, I take that back. I don't know what's what's going on. My diet has become a. Uh, I don't know if it's my diets. I don't know if it's my pooping schedule now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's usually just now. I'm just like at once a day, and that's it. Hmm. Interesting. I Have used you... to be. I used to be a morning and night guy. And now yeah. it's it's usually uh, about an hour after breakfast. I don't know if mm-hmm. it's the almond milk from my Cheerios pushing everything out. Probably. But, um, could have something to do with it. Uh, or the banana, I occasionally cut up in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice choice, nice choice. Slice that banana, throw it in there. Get some potassium along with uh, with the nut milk, if you will. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's that's usually it. Sometimes, depending on what I have for lunch or dinner, it's an afternoon or evening one. Uh, but typically, it's just that uh, that mid morning poop for me now. It's right it's on. weird. Even when I wake up, you know, it's not like I said, it's not it's not there. It's not ready to go. Yeah, yeah. There's part of me. I, I I started looking at you know we're like four minutes in and we're still talking about poop. I was kind of wondering, can we go the hour? Can we do it? Don't, can, don't dare me, Marty. Yeah. Can we go like fifty nine minutes and then I just go? Oh, and by the way, a bunch of people debuted Impact. We'll see you next week. Yeah, we could. We could. However, we could. However, we won't because we're journalists, Chris. Hey, <laughs> yes, uh, my journalistic integrity would prevent such um, proliferation of poop uh, ponderings, uh, perchance. Yes, uh, on this podcast. Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> the, the low-hanging fruit that was right there that I totally missed. <laughs> so uh, the, the scope of the wrestling world has started to change. Uh, as all of the WWE cast-offs as of midnight on July 15th were ready, willing, and able to seek other employment, and many of them have, or many of them have started to indicate that they can or they will. Most prominently, two folks in particular, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, the Good Brothers. The boys? Yes, uh, they, uh, they basically kicked off, uh, what was kind of a deluge of announcements from ex WWE folks this week, uh, or rather this weekend, uh, because that's when everybody seemed to, to time it. Uh, they were first out of the gate, officially confirming they are going to impact wrestling and then following it up with, uh, the long awaited episode of talk and shop where basically they broke down everything. Now, something of note relative to this very podcast is, Prior to the release of uh, the midnight release of the Talking Shop podcast, which unfortunately was hosted by Ryan Satin, I'm so sorry, Chris. Um, oh, there, I'll just read a recap though. There was a <laughs> Patreon exclusive uh, Zoom party. For yes, those guys. there was. I know about this. Yes, and the thing that I found most interesting was I saw a few recaps of it that name dropped. One, Justin Q. Schlegel as appearing yeah. on said Zoom chat. 
Yeah, Justin and I had a little uh, text convo yesterday where he uh, he he talked about that. Um, yeah, good uh, good good for the good brother there. Our, yeah. our boy is uh, is slowly penetrating the uh, world of pro res here yes. from uh, multiple different angles, which yes. is usually uh, how I hear he likes it. So um, yeah, uh, like the back of Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. Um, so down. so yeah, good on a uh, good good on him. Um, he didn't really have any really extra dirt to uh, to, yeah, to, the, to, to push my way because they pretty much uh, told all as is. Yeah, they told all as is. Really, the only things that are worth noting are one, AJ Styles did pop up in said Zoom call uh, where yep. uh, he buried Paul Heyman uh, as, as one is wont to do. Uh, and we'll be getting into that in a bit. Uh, and also, uh, apparently it was a nightmare as no one knew how to mute themselves on the Zoom call. And at some point, there was actually someone boning down in the background. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, it probably wasn't Justin. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna assume not, based off of what 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 we know. Uh, but, um, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's the type of train wreck that apparently you get if you throw uh, the Good Brothers some Patreon cash. Um, but in that same regard, uh, the the podcast went live uh, midnight uh, Friday into Saturday. And of course, everyone and their brother has taken apart uh, mm-hmm. every single uh, bit about the podcast. So we'll just hit the highlights. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, um, basically, they started in WWE in what? Um, it was February uh, of 2016, I think it was. God, has it been four years? Yeah, yeah. So they, they they started then. Uh, and almost immediately realized uh, this isn't for us. Uh, by October <laughs> 2016, they started saying, "Okay, when our contract's up, we're we're going to go leave. We're we're yeah. going to get out." And uh, as recently as uh, July of this year, they were having very serious talks with all Elite Wrestling, with the Young Bucks in particular. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So the the plan was all right. Gallows and Anderson, they're gonna. Leave WWE when the contract's up. They're going to go to AEW, and they're going to uh, also work for New Japan Pro Wrestling as uh, a deal was in the works with them as well. And uh, they talked a bit about some of the different uh, bookings that were uh, coming their way, uh, as was confirmed yesterday by Chris Jericho. Uh, The original plan was Gallows and Anderson were going to be the big surprise at the end of Dynamite, basically uh, there was going to be a moment where the Bucks and, and uh, Kenny Omega were in the ring. Then Gallows and Anderson showed up. They were going to two-sweet each other, but then Gallows and Anderson were going to beat up Omega and the Bucks, and Gallows and Anderson were going to be part of the inner circle with Chris Jericho. So it was almost uh-huh. Gallows and Anderson instead of Jake Hager as the end of Dynamite surprise. Okay, so that, that would have been the first show. Yes, that would have been the first The first time, the, the one we were at. Man. Yes. There could have been a world where Jake Hager wasn't in AEW. Well, the or thing, at least not the to thing the that's point. funny is uh, that that's that's like the third version of things that I've heard about because uh, it also came out that at one point uh, he wanted the Lucha Bros. Well, there were the Lucha Bros uh, at, in place of uh, Santana and Ortiz, but also mm-hmm. there was uh, word that Kane Velasquez was going to be in the Jake Hager spot. Because of Cody. I don't remember hearing that. Is that yeah. new or uh, is that uh, that okay. that that right. been out? Because Cody was really high oh. up on Kane after his AAA appearances. Because they even teamed together in AAA. Right. So that was you a mean rumor. Triple A. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Fucking Justin Roberts. Twat. Um. Go face. So, 
uh, sounded like that's what was going to happen with uh, Gallows and Anderson. And, and Carl Anderson was talking with New Japan, and it sounded like they were going to build an angle to Wrestle Kingdom this year with Moxley versus Carl Anderson for the U.S. title. And then Triple H got involved. Mm, yes, 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 yes. So uh, this is this is one of the, the things that popped out at me. I was like, man, that's some dastardly shit. Yeah, so uh, Triple H, uh, after the... Uh, the summer uh, tour of Japan where Triple H teamed with AJ Styles and the Good Brothers. And remember, I, I, or at least I remember at the time, uh, I mocked him for uh, going, oh, I'll team up with the Bullet Club. They'll get me over, brother. Well, it, it was twofold because they had this big match. Then afterwards, that's when Triple H said, hey, let's start talking money. Let's start talking your new deal because mm-hmm. uh, it was very clear that WWE, by any means possible, wanted to keep the Good Brothers away from AEW. They wanted to, to keep those free agents out of the mix. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, remember the, the halcyon days of the pre-COVID world when yes. everybody was worried about somebody jumping ship and not dying of a pulmonary failure? Yes. Uh, which reminds me, Rusev, we love you. Hope you feel better soon, buddy. Um, yeah, I know you're a regular listener there, yes, uh, yeah. Miro. Let's, yeah, he uh, listens every Rusev day. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. That's good shit. Yes. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. We're long lost cousins. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I can see some resemblance. Yeah, yeah. Rusev Day, Marty Day. Yeah. Uh anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, as, as the, the money amount kept going up and going up and going up, uh, Triple H said, Hey, you know, Carl, I look at you and I look at your kids and I think, what if AEW isn't around in a few years? WWE is always going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, I guess from a business perspective i kind of understand where he was coming from and back then that was before the four-year deal renewal and and, and stuff like that but you know yeah at the time yeah it probably wasn't that bad in retrospect with everything that's happened oh yeah uh then it just seems so much shittier it it it, it, it does it does but at the same time wwe was offering them five years which would have set them for life mm-hmm uh, and I mean, how, what was the uh, dollar amount? Did that come out? What they? Uh, I think it was seven fifty for? each, seven fifty a year each. So you know, you're, you're looking at literally millions of dollars. Yeah, uh, and and that's not including merchandise. Like that was the downside guarantee. They would be making at minimum, you know, three quarters of a million dollars per year to work WWE for five years. So okay. uh, yeah. Not nothing to uh, nothing to cry about. But uh, on the other side, you had a two year deal from AEW with a possible one year extension mm-hmm. and whatever they could work out with New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, which would involve going to Japan and flying 16 hours each way or whatever it is. So, yeah, but I think they enjoy Japan. Oh, they do. But like uh, Carl, you know, was home family. And, yeah, yeah. And. Hot Asian wife, I get it. Right, right, right. And uh, you know, it, the the thing that's also funny was uh, Gallo started talking about how when they even left New Japan in the first place, um, AJ and Carl were the one who talked him into it because Gallo's didn't want to go back to the WWE, and they're like, "Oh, you're just a mark for Japan." So he said to them, "Well, you're just marks for WWE." So 
Well, uh, at least one person definitely got shown up to be a, be a mark for WWE, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so they get this big money deal. They sign the big money deal. They kind of burn a bridge with AEW, which is why they aren't with AEW, because AEW did not pursue them in this time since they've been let go. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, they're, they're doing their thing, and then they realize, like, oh, we're getting jobbed out all over again. We're losing all over again. Yeah. And apparently a lot of people backstage, like agents and management, were pissed off at them for getting all of that money. Which, in and of itself, is ridiculous. Like, yeah, I mean, that's what they're worth. You yeah, know? yeah. Someone else has decided they're worth this. You can't be mad at them. Like, right. but apparently there there were people within management that were very mad, and that's where the finger starts to be pointed at Paul Heyman. So uh, Heyman apparently told Gallows and Anderson that if things break bad and if things go wrong, you can feel free to bury the shit out of me as much as possible. And they did, which is the <laughs> the, the key thrust of, of the podcast. Um, you know, Heyman is a known bullshitter. But I think yeah. the thing that is so funny listening to this podcast is that there are two people who are better at bullshitting than Paul Heyman. And they are Triple H and Vince and McMahon. Vince McMahon, yeah. <laughs> because as you hear this story, the two people that never get spoken of in a bad way are Triple H and Vince McMahon. Mm. Paul mm-hmm. Heyman gets motherfucked, you know, to throughout the come. entire thing. Yeah. Up to and including when they got let go, uh, apparently Vince told them it was because Heyman said, oh, well, you know, they, they cost a lot and they're not worth it. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm taking uh, hearsay about what Vince said uh, to heart. Yes, uh, and again, as we all know, yeah. Vince McMahon takes Paul Heyman's opinions about talent very seriously. Yeah. As noted, since Paul Heyman has left Raw, everyone who was being pushed is still being pushed. They're still prominent. They're not putting over old stars. They're just putting over new guys. We see that every week on Raw since Heyman. Do we? I don't know. I don't watch Raw. I, think, I feel like you're being facetious right now. I'm being incredibly facetious, okay. Chris. All right. No, I, don't, I don't know what fucking happens <laughs> on Raw. <laughs> watch that shit. Why would you watch the show? <laughs> but... You know, it, it, it's just so funny to hear them go, oh, Heyman this, Heyman that. And, uh, you know, AJ Styles literally did ask to be moved to SmackDown because we so pissed at Paul Heyman. And it's like, fucking Vince is the guy that says yes to this money or no to that money. He's the guy who says, yes, we're going to keep these people. Or we're going to cut these people. I mean, pretty much everybody who got cut was someone where it was like either they were unhappy or they had no fucking clue what to do with them. Also... AJ Styles is kind of a moron, okay? Oh, legit. <laughs> let's, legit. Let's, you know, the, the flat earther AJ Styles, uh, you know, I'm not really putting a lot of stock in his mental capacity to process things of this nature. Um, so the fact that he got bamboozled by hearsay from Vince McMahon uh, is one, I'm sure, as soon as AJ hung up the phone or left Vince's office, Vince is doing that belly laugh. <laughs> this stupid hillbilly, you know, something like that. Um, he totally fleeced him. Uh, AJ's just a dimwit. That's yeah, yeah. It's just hysterical how no, stupid he is sometimes. Uh, I I agree completely. Because also, by the way, uh, AJ. Are you Stiles, okay? Are you having a stroke? Yeah, okay. I, no, I just I just had a burp. Um, AJ Styles, <laughs> okay. you know, went 
on record to multiple people on his social media in in interviews and that sort of thing saying, oh, I didn't leave Raw because I was pissed off at Paul Heyman. I wanted to go to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Dave Meltzer's a liar or, or you know, the sheets are sure, liars AJ. and all these things. By the mm-hmm. way, here's AJ Styles and his two best friends confirming every single thing that came out. You can't fool you can't fool people, AJ. Yeah, we've kind of come to realize that we're there. Where there's smoke, there's fire yeah. uh, when it comes to things uh, leaking out, you know, pretty much everything rumor wise yeah. that has been said at least has a, a modicum of truth to it. You know, you talk, talking back to the the plane hostage thing, which I think they got into as well. Yeah. Right. Um, they talked about that. And Gallo said that um, he heard from somebody in production that he trusts that they heard Vince McMahon said to cut the feed. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he was on the I think, I think he said the, he wasn't worried because he was on the same plane as Randy Orton, uh, <laughs> which didn't. So he was like, OK, I'm safe, yeah. which is hysterical and sad simultaneously. Yes, yes. A hundred percent agreed. Speaking of things that are sad, uh, they talked also a Randy bit about Orton? how. Uh, well, <laughs> Well, um, no, uh, Gallows and Anderson talked about how tag team matches are booked in WWE. Okay, which I, didn't is, get, I didn't hear this. Yeah, uh, which is literally they are told, you know, X team's going to beat Y team. They don't tell them who's pinning who. So what would okay. happen is, for whatever reason, Carl was usually the guy involved in the finish, so he'd end up being the one being pinned, and then he'd hear from all these agents going like, man... I don't know if we can do anything with Carl. He's been eating a lot of pins lately. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they're uh, trying to, I guess, protect some kind of integrity of their team by not having the big guy getting pinned all the damn time. Right. So fucking right. Gallows doesn't turn into the big show. Right. Uh, and then they get, oh, God. Oh, what a and, and, what and all, ass backwards all, way All they have to do is go, shit. okay, um, like, I don't know. Uh, all right, Isaiah, <clears throat> not Isaiah Casty, that's a private party. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I don't know. Ivar, you pin Gallows. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> that's all you have to do. Like that. That give yeah. Give 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 the finish. You know. Yeah. I mean, God, it doesn't. It's it's, it's for, the bare minimum. <laughs> it's the bare minimum. For the the biggest wrestling company in the world to not even do that yes. it's I, I i completely understand why they wanted to get away from that it's yeah. not quite the reasons i wanted to get away from it uh, my yeah. reasons were more on the camera than off the camera but right. right still i uh god what a clusterfuck over there yeah but uh you know what if i'm gonna be honest i don't know if uh they they've got uh shinier shorts ahead of them i mean yes they did say when uh, travel opens back up, they will be heading back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, which I'm sure will be, uh, you know, a good time for them. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and assume we're going to get a, uh, a, a Bullet Club Hollywood versus Bullet Club Wolfpack thing going on. Considering, uh, we're uh, already close to that. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Jay White's heading back in time for uh, the, the July 25th show. More on that show in a bit. Um, oh, I don't think I don't like. OK, so yesterday and I shared this with each day, yeah. I posted something on his Instagram about being uh, airborne. Yeah. Um, but doesn't Japan have the you have to quarantine for 14 days before you do anything? Rule? You know, that's so a fair point. if that's the case, then he can't do anything in this week's show. That's a fair point. I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they split leadership and split, you know, who's in the club with you know, such and such people. 
the club isn't uh, running thick with uh, high quality members currently as is. That's true. Uh, or at least ones that are able to be there. Yeah. You know, oh, are they going to have fight over Yujiro Takahashi? <laughs> uh, Who gets the Tokyo uh, Pimp? Huh? Who gets I mean, uh, obviously Ishimori is the number one seed in, uh, if they're drafting uh, if they're drafting people from the BC. Yeah. Uh, and Jado is the very last seed. <laughs> right, right. He's the millhouse. He gets picks, pick last and everything. Jado definitely needs the uh, the Sammy Guevara hit me up scooter. That's that's what he. Needs I, I was point. just gonna say, like people power. Let's get him a uh, let's get him the old uh, the old rascal. But uh, Jado on a rascal, and he can he can affix two kendo sticks to the side <laughs> yes. uh, and do like a, a Mad Max style sort of thing going yes. down the uh, going down the uh, the aisle there. Let's do I, that. I, I Mad like, Max New Japan. I'm I like that, that a lot. I like that a lot. But um, Gallows and Anderson, they made their Impact debut last night during Slammiversary, where a lot of things happened from the Impact side of things. However, in traditional Impact way, so much happened, and none of it really seems to stick with one notable exception. So uh, I'm just going to go high level over the the, the different uh, uh, appearances and whatnot. So uh, the show opened with the rascals of Desmond, Xavier, and Zachary Wentz doing an open challenge for a tag team, which, of course, most people assumed was going to be the Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it was the returning Motor City machine guns of Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin, uh, which I'm really excited about. Uh, the had, first... had, I know Alex Shelley wasn't there. Had was Sabin? Sabin had been gone as well, right? Sabin had been out on injury. He'd been working as an agent. Okay. Uh, so uh, this got him back in the ring. And for a team that hadn't teamed up in like two and a half years, they they everything I've heard is that they looked good. And and yeah. uh, hey, props to Alex Shelley for somehow in one calendar year reuniting two separate teams in two <laughs> different companies. Yeah, yeah. Good on him. Get that money, kid. Yeah, very well done. Uh, also, uh, in terms of things that are interesting, uh, Kylie Ray, formerly of AEW, is now your number one contender to the Knockouts Championship, which is important because that Knockouts Championship is no longer around the thick, muscly waist mm. of Chris's favorite, Jordan Grace. It is now under ex-WWE NXT star, uh Oh my God! Diana Perazzo. Yes, thank you, Diana Perazzo. Why did I forget her name? I think I got stuck on thick, muscly waist. It was Enrico Palazzo. Yes, yes. <laughs> Diana Perazzo winning the Knockouts Championship. Um, so uh, good for Perazzo. Uh, I definitely feel like Diana Perazzo, Kylie Ray should be a feud in AEW, but that's just me, and I'm also an AEW homer. So yeah, I uh, got that going for me there. So the main event. Is then where all the other stuff... Oh, I, I nearly forgot another random debut. Uh, out of nowhere, question mark, uh, Heath Slater pops up. Yeah, wearing a free agent t-shirt, Yes, I guess. Uh, so, has he been? Has he signed? Or it was? is it a, per, a handshake per appearance bit? Yeah. Um, not sure exactly what the deal was, but he attacked some dude. I don't uh, know. Rohit Raju, which is a comedy guy there. So, okay. uh, he's getting involved in that. But he also had a moment where uh, he reunited backstage with Rhino. So, I guess we are going to see more of the uh, Heath, sorry, Heath Miller Rhino team. Okay. All right. At least he got to keep the Heath. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's his legal name, Heath Miller. Is it? Is it really? Is he really Heath? I thought that was a stage name too. Heath Miller is apparently his oh. legal name. Okay. So there you go. All right. 
Um, Motor City Machine Guns, by the way, are going to be going against the tag champions of the North. Ethan Page and Josh Alexander are on Impact on Tuesday. The North are one of, like, three things I actually vaguely pay attention to Impact-related, so I kind of okay. want to see that match. I could not. Who's who's the Ethan Page's partner? Uh, Josh Alexander. Could not pick that guy out of a lineup he to save my life. kind of looks like Jake Hager if he were almost Brian Cage swollen covered in tattoos. Okay. All right. That's descriptive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the main event was a four-way for the Impact World Championship. Tessa Blanchard, no longer right. champion, title up uh, for grabs, and uh, announced for the match were Eddie Edwards, Ace Austin, and Trey Miguel with a fourth surprise opponent to be added later. Okay. So, match starts. Fourth person comes out, and it's Rich Swan coming back from injury. Okay. Oh, I forgot he landed there. Yeah. So Rich Swan entering himself into the four-way match. Okay. And another guy comes out under a mask. Uh-huh. It's Eric Young. So the four-way is now a five-way. Sure. Okay. Did the EY get a pop at least? I mean, did the oh there was no crowd. There was no crowd. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no one got any pops. <laughs> no. It was popless. Yes. Oh, what a life to be popless. No pops for anybody. Um okay. so uh basically it looked like they're building a, a feud between uh Eric Young and Rich Swan because Eric Young took out uh Swan's bad knee. So that that's where okay. that's heading. Uh long story short, um Eddie Edwards is your new Impact champion, or is, if you will, Edward Edwards is your new <laughs> Impact champion, uh, which makes sense because that guy's been in Impact Homer for a very long time, and yeah, God, he's been he's been gone from ROH for what five plus years at yeah. this point. Yeah, it's it's been some time. So yeah, he's the Impact World Champion for the second time, uh, and then after oh, the second mid- time, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he held sure. it at, at some point uh, in, during the like era where like Chris Saban had it. Yeah, there there was a lot of random back and forth with that belt. So after the match, uh, Ace Austin's buddy uh, Madman Fulton, uh, formerly of Sanity, uh, attacked Eddie Edwards. He was the member of Sanity who was part of the group for like a hot minute and then got replaced by I want to say Alexander, Alexander Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, because I know because he's still in Imperium and Killing Dane still, you know, yeah. Harry. Yeah, uh, so, and banging Nikki Cross. So yes. that's uh, okay. Yeah, I don't. The name sounds familiar. Matt Fulton Sawyer yeah. Fulton. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Sawyer Fulton was the name. The I, the name, but again, couldn't yeah, pick him yeah. out of a fucking lineup to save my life. Well, anyway, he attacks Idiot Edwards, uh, and then out come the Good Brothers. Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows run out. Gallows trips over himself. <laughs> so a great start there. Um, they beat up uh, Ace Austin and Fulton, hit the magic killer on them, that sort of thing. They have a beer bash to celebrate with Eddie Edwards. The lights go out, and it's a video from EC3. So EC3 has also joined Impact. So basically, Impact has picked up Heath Miller, the Uh Good Brothers, Uh Eric Young, Uh EC3, and have the Motor City Machine Guns back. Right. Uh, and we're still not sure of the landing places for Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, the former Zack Ryder 
and Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins, thank you. I'm trying to keep track of everyone's names. It's really damn difficult. gimmick names. Yes, uh, <laughs> we don't know where Rusev, aka Miroslav, is going. Um, Nowhere right now. Yeah, right now <laughs> he's staying at home appropriately, uh, and uh, somehow, some way, No Way Jose is trying to make people care about him now. Good, good luck, pal. Yeah. I feel like he's uh, taking the Adam Rose. Uh, Adam Rose, was that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, route and is just going to, well, ha- we're Indies open. Yeah, uh, yeah. He'd be trying to take that. Oh, he, he would definitely, he would definitely be leading a parade of MCW trainees yeah. at, at a show were, were that a thing. Uh, that, that, would, that would definitely be occurring. Um, yeah. But instead I, well, he's like straightened his hair and... He's going by his real name now, Levis okay. or something. It's it's I don't know. I, Leave I, it to I, Levis here. Yeah, I have I have no idea who any of his things are for. But then again, I was also surprised like when he had merch on pro wrestling tees. Like after he got released, I was like, who who even would buy that? Um, really, Cardona and Myers are the guys that are probably just behind the Good Brothers in terms of Rusev. Well, I, I was going to talk about Rusev in a minute. Oh. Uh, um, the, probably right behind them in terms of like immediate oh there's a fandom that's going to follow them uh, mm-hmm. I don't know that Rusev has anywhere near as vocal following as those guys but for me he's the most intriguing guy in terms of where he lands um, but of course he has to heal up first man Rusev was such like the man rode down to his Wrestlemania match on a fucking tank yeah that's how you know big and over and pushed and you know everything that he was is super charismatic like when he debuted he was just crushing people putting them in the accolade you know lana with her weird accent doing her bit there it was such a great packaging Mm -hmm. of those two at first and then you know unfortunately they got fed to the john cena machine and and that was it um you know he he got the rusev day thing over on his own yeah which again vince hates when you get shit over on your own so he was doomed doomed for that with him I feel like uh, I'm torn because I I want the guy to make money somewhere. Uh, And I would I would love to see him fight a bunch of the guys in AEW. Um, But also the AEW roster is starting to get a little uh, starting to get a little uh, lengthy. And it's it's becoming harder and harder to get a lot of these guys on. They can't take everybody. You know, until, you know, they're supposed to have the second show, their, like, version of Thunder or whatever. Hopefully it yeah. won't be that bad. But their their second <laughs> second weekly show, yeah. um, well, I guess third, if you count Dark, which I don't. But, um, you know, I, I, I feel like probably Impact is a better fit for Rusev because he's immediately a top star there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like he'll really get a chance to be him. Uh, not that he wouldn't in AEW, but... Also, you know, I've complained in the past about AEW picking up all WWE scraps, and clearly Impact has no problem with it. Yes, and, and that reminds me, we, we have a, an ex-WWE person we need to talk about when we go over uh, Fight for the Fallen in a bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really want to see uh, Rusev go somewhere and, and, and do good things. Um, you know, I'm going to take a weird approach. If, if he can travel there... Send him to fucking like all Japan or Noah or something like that, where he can just be big beefy foreigner beating the crap out of guys. Or New Japan. Well, I'm saying let him do that. Get some get some mileage under his belt, and then 
you know, at that point, maybe there's crowds again, so you can actually, right. like, have people give a shit <laughs> when he pops up in, in AEW or, or uh, hell, Ring of Honor would do well to pick him up. They would. I mean, have we heard anything about Ring of Honor doing anything? <laughs> Not really. Uh, they're, they're in a rock and a hard place. There, there were rumors that they were going to be doing tapings a la the New Japan Collision shows, if not in relation to those shows. Um, sure. I heard that they were going to do some filming down in Florida. I've heard a few different things about, you know, possible non-crowd tapings. Uh, but they're, I guess, considering they've said nothing about it, still investigating their booker slash lead star. So, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens there. Oh, that reminds me, related news, uh, Joey Ryan uh, yeah. released an hour-long video detailing and responding to every single accusation. Uh, and now for the next hour, we'd like to play you the audio of that video. Chris, if you can insert that in here, that'd be fantastic. Oh, I would love to insert it in there. Here you go. That's what Joey Ryan said hey. to all of those girls. You hey. fucking girls. He's definitely setting himself out to be like a youth preacher. That's that's yeah. what I'm getting at at this point. He's he's going to talk about the dangers and evil of sex. I used to travel from gonna, town to town and ask people to touch my penis. It's going to be like Uncle Billy Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, before we talk about the Wednesday Night Wars, because that, that, uh, that is a given here, let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. By this time next week, uh, we will have had two more New Japan cards. Uh, as New Japan will be returning uh, to Corican Hall on this Monday, July 20th, for New Japan Road. And then uh, they will be in Nagoya on July 25th for Sengoku Lord. Um, basically, the New Japan Road Show is your typical uh, multi-man tag show. The yeah. only thing that really sounds just interesting from it is the main event, which will be Evil, Dick Togo, and Taiji Ishimori versus Hiromu Takahashi, Tetsuya Naito, and Bushi. I wonder who's going to take the fall in that one. It's obviously going to be Dick Togo. <laughs> but and then I, he's going to choppy choppy your pee pee. I'm very excited for that match. I, I think that should be super fun. But uh, yeah. All of the important matches, of course, are on the named show, Sengoku Lord. Um, the matches that are worth paying attention to, we get the long-awaited Yajiro Takahashi Kazuchika Okada one-on-one match, where we find out definitively uh, if Okada can carry a broom. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, yes. Uh, yeah. But hopefully it's uh, brief. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yes, I, I am right there with you. Also, we will have for the never open weight championship Shingo Takagi defending against El Desperado, which you had you had yeah. me at Shingo Takagi, and then yeah. you really got me a fully uh, little extra boner uh, for <laughs> for Despy being in there. That match should be fucking dope. Yes, very much looking forward to that. And then the, the main event for the IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Double Titles. Evil will be defending against Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this match because Hiromu, um, one, is amazing. Yes. Uh, two, led uh, to a lot of great memes early last week yes. from his uh, just wailing, crying at the end of Dominion uh, last Sunday. Um, I think the match will hopefully be good. Evil, you know, I just hope it's not and this is my worry, especially with him being involved with BC now is the overbooked ref bump outside interference bullshit that they love to pull. You know, yeah. it got played a lot 
especially in that main event of Dominion um, with Naito. But I, I'm happy that Hiromu is getting a world title shot. I'm less happy that it's happening uh, a week and a half after Evil won these titles, and it looks like he's going to be having them for a while. Yeah. Um, not to say that he couldn't get another one down the line, but you know, I would have would have rather been in a spot where I think he has a chance to win. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I I don't disagree. I mean, I'm excited that that Hiromu is getting this shot, but it definitely feels more like this is going to be a storyline match than like yeah. a a prominent you know big time main event. Classic. Yeah. Yes. Yes, so we'll see this time next week. We will know uh, who won, and uh, maybe we'll start to get some ideas about, like, when G1's going to happen and if they're going to do a Best of the Super Juniors and all that fun stuff. What would would you say, hypothetically speaking, Mm -hmm. if Jay White, um, the Switchblade, comes back and aligns himself with LIJ? That could be interesting. Uh, I, I definitely think... That uh, that by the end of the year we could see a Jay White face turn, if nothing okay. else. I don't uh, know how he fit into Lij. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if it would be Lij if he would go back to chaos or, or if he would just be unaligned. I mean, I also like the idea of Jay White being a face that has no friends because he ran the Bullet Club and everyone hates him. That's true. Yeah, so, that could that could work. I I, I like the idea of a storyline being something where he has to sort of get people's trust back which then okay. of course leads to him becoming the big dastardly heel once again eventually yeah yes. once he yeah once yeah. he does the jay white thing yes yeah okay all right yeah that's my Report. thought at least yeah you know possibilities uh are, are there and i'm sure gato has uh some things planned out um and apparently you know uh as we speculated last week you know that we thought maybe the evil bit was a um uh, reaction to covid Mm -hmm. and everything like that apparently uh uncle dave saying that uh the plan there was plans in place a while ago for this to be a big year for evil so Mm uh maybe it got pushed up a little bit yeah with the covid situation or or something like that but apparently this had been in the works and something that gato had wanted to do so okay we'll we'll see i mean i just i want the i want it to work i'm curious to see how everything pans out and you know how the work weight work rate why is that word so hard to say yeah work rate is in the matches and stuff like that so you know you have my attention as they uh, as they have mm-hmm. for quite some time mm-hmm. now so let's uh let's uh let's wait and see what happens tomorrow yes. the first uh, first bit here we see what ha- start to unfurl yes oh before we get into the wednesday night wars uh just a reminder t- uh tonight is uh extreme rules chris we'll be watching <laughs> and yeah. there we go Although again, I'm I'm I am intrigued, and I may uh, sail the uh, the open waters to discover how exactly they work in eye for an eye match. Yeah, um, I'll see a gif of it somewhere yeah, and yeah, laugh and yeah. re- retweet with a big LOL or something like that. Yes. Again, though, I don't know if the show is called Extreme <laughs> Rules, Extreme Rules, the Horror Show, or as they were calling it this week, the Horror Show at Extreme Rules. Horror, 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 horror. Horror, 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 like like horror, horror, or is it horror? Horror, horror, horror show. Horror I, show. I, it's the horror ha- show and extreme rules. It's what it is. 
I don't know. I, I have I have trouble saying that word. It was one. It's like rural juror. Uh, it's just like and brewery. It's yeah. just one of those words that just Weary. has. Yeah. Bre- oh man, I was when I was doing commercial production. Oh no, there, there, there was. Uh, well, I have a lot of horror stories horror stories from that um but there was uh it was something for some brewer brewery and i was having the hardest fucking time just saying the word brewery uh in a, like a relatively quick read for a 30 second spot without it sounding terrible and or like i'm drunk uh it's just it's just one of those words brewery see the christoph ad read i always remember is is the one for i i forget the name of it, it was like the homes that are on the water oh wow. uh, Dude, yeah, I did so was, many commercials it, it was it was it was towards the end of your time there but there was like some ad where it's like you know you t- you two can get one of these houses with a great view of the water or something like that i'm like oh it's my buddy chris hey <laughs> the highlight of my uh commercial production career um was a spot i did for uh when this was when bal was still the flagship of the orioles mm-hmm. and there was an oriole sponsored blood drive so i yes. did the voiceover for a radio spot and then i'm i'm watching an orioles game on Masson. And from uh, it was a commercial break, so I went in the kitchen, and then I hear my voice <laughs> on the TV. I'm like, "Oh fuck!" They co-opted my uh, my my commercial read and put it uh, to a to a TV spot. That was pretty cool. Nice, nice. That's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. But most of it sucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, I, I I I still listen to your former home, and yes, yeah, some of those uh, and some of those ads are reaching. But hey, so long as they keep paying the bills, right? Um. Eh. So, uh, the Wednesday Night Wars were not as uh, uh, major this week as they were in the past two weeks. We're we're past Fighter Fest, we're past the Great American Bash. Uh, NXT had uh, what was on paper kind of a normal, bland show, although they surprised us by adding a world title match. Uh, And uh, AEW, because they were making good on the Lost Moxley Cage main event, brought back Fight for the Fallen to raise money for COVID relief. Uh, So uh, that ended up being kind of a stacked show. But let's talk about NXT first, Chris. And as always, I enjoy finding out what was not in the Hulu cut. Yeah. Um, Show kicks off with Keith Lee coming out with the double titles. Cutting a promo, talking about mm-hmm. uh, you know how cool it is and and how awesome it is to be champion. Putting over his former trainer, Killer Tim Brooks, who recently passed away, and uh, he said that there's uh, one guy who uh, he owes a lot of things to, and he wants to give him a moment here, and that brings out the I thought was going to Raw, Dominic Dijakovic. Yeah, the his old uh, you know uh, nemesis slash. Nemesis come friend, uh, I guess, yeah. sort of thing. They they beat uh, the respect into each other, I guess, yes. is kind of what yes. happened with them. Um, and, you know, he asked for a, uh, a title shot. Keith Lee, happy to oblige, and says, yeah. let's do it tonight in the typical babyface sort of way. So I was like, okay, yeah, this should, this should be fun. Well, well, actually, it's, it's funny you put it that way. It was, it was Lee asked Dijakovic to face him tonight. And Dijakovic oh, did he? Was, yeah, oh, okay. Dijakovic was like, I don't know, okay. I haven't trained for it. And uh, Lee said, just say yes, and they made it happen. So uh, okay. uh, basically, right. Keith Lee is really good at promos. That's that's the big takeaway I have from this. He's got a real chill, natural, natural charisma, yeah. um, which which I like, and it isn't it isn't like what we're used to from a lot of guys. 
Um, Damien Priest went one-on-one with Cameron Grimes. Uh, I guess this was the end of that feud because Priest pinned Grimes completely clean. Yeah, super uh, super sparkly clean, Mr. Sparkle. Uh, yes. Put some shine on that. Uh, yeah, the match had a couple uh, couple spots. I was like, okay. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't dislike either of those guys, but, yeah. you know, they're just two more guys in NXT right now. Yeah, yeah, which is unfortunate that, that that can be said about a lot of folks in NXT right now. Yeah, a lot of talented folks. Exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, we've both gone on record about liking Grimes. Well, you like Grimes more than I do. Uh, I really like Priest, and I think I like him more than you do. Um, so, you know, they're, they're people who we enjoy, but I'm not being given a lot of reason to enjoy them. Yeah, well, they're both unique because yeah. nobody else kind of looks or acts like them. Whereas you have a lot of, you know, you, you have a fair amount of people who are kind of similar in, you know, White dudes in, in other ways. <laughs> yeah. Or should much. I point so to those you guys... at the failed cloning project that is the entire NXT UK roster? <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much. Fa- well, whomever's left. I'm yes. not sure. Yes. I'm not sure who's still. Uh, or should I point to the, that there. image that someone revealed of the WWE main roster where everyone had long hair and a beard? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Tim Thatcher got another seminar promo, and uh, it was I don't ba- think I saw that. Yeah, basically he was talking about how he beat up Oni Lorcan in the Great American Bash, so I guess that's still a thing, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with more Timothy Thatcher Oni Lorcan matches because they beat the fuck out of each other the first time, and I'd like to see more of it. Um, Indy Hartwell had a match with Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, uh, yeah, this was not on Hulu. <laughs> I, it, well, good news, it was not good. It really served as a backdrop for the ongoing Robert Stone, Shotzi Blackheart angle. As Aaliyah came out, distracted Shotzi, or actually attacked Shotzi, uh, tripped her up, and then Indy Hartwell was able to hit Shotzi with a big boot and get a pin. Something I found out uh, this past week, uh, thanks to... Um random perverts on reddit mm-hmm. uh that Aaliyah's got uh above average dumper on her um <laughs> there there were some shots from on uh wrestle with the plot i was like damn Aaliyah, i had no idea i might have to start paying attention to you now okay All right. so chris has joined the robert stone brand <laughs> um yeah no tegan Knox. Uh, also oh, uh real quick uh, whenever I see, uh, you know, scrolling through Twitter and I see a photo these days of Ruby Riot, I mm-hmm. think it's Shotzi Blackheart. Why do they allow two uh, girls to have green, bright green hair bright green at hair the same time? And, and, uh, bright green hair and tattoos? Yeah, I don't know. That, that yeah. feels like Vince would jump in immediately and be like, you know, you can't do this. I'm already looking forward to Adam Cole losing his last name when he goes to the main roster. I'm, I'm seeing double for Shotzi Blackheart. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm with you. That is that is kind of weird. I guess Shotzi gets away with it because she has a uh, a military helmet. So she also isn't different. isn't Champa kind of going by the Blackheart? Doesn't he use Blackheart as well? He does use that as his nickname. Yes. It's just so confusing. There's so many. Yeah. Tighten up your game there, Trips. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tiganox backstage cutting a babyface promo about how she can't wait to win the title. What I thought was most interesting about this was she said. That she was a little girl watching her favorite superstars like Molly Holly and Kane. <laughs> we're old. A, we're old. B, Tegan has some interesting tastes. I mean, you know, 
I get people uh, being a fan of Kane, and I would understand a you know young girl who likes pro wrestling to be a fan of Molly Holly. Yeah, Molly Holly was a, a sound performer, a great yeah. performer. No, no, I got nothing against Molly. Big fan of Molly. Just it's it's funny to hear. You know what? If anything, it was nice to hear them being put over versus the standard. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Steve Shawn Austin, Michaels. The Rock, Shawn Michaels, or as everyone from NXT apparently ever, Eddie Triple Guerrero. H. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, fair, <laughs> fair. I think that's in the contract though. They're contractually yeah. obligated to put over Triple H. Um, yes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, well, and then when you get big enough, you get that photo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's for the the video viewer on the Patreon. Um, yeah, the Triple H pointing to the new champ photo, which to, to WWE's credit at Access when I went to WrestleMania yes. uh, last year, they did have a, a, a stand up cutout of Triple H doing that pose. Yes. So my my favorite was... thing about Access last year was Triple H taking a photo with that stand up. Yeah, yeah. At least yeah. he's self aware uh, to, eh, a, to, a, to a vague degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Keith Lee and Diamond Dijakovic had the battle for both belts. It was fine. Wasn't as good as some of their other matches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's interesting. Um, uh, I was listening to Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez talk about NXT this week, and the thing that they pointed out, and I hadn't noticed till they said it, was basically the more that Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, Dominic Dijakovic have one-on-one matches, the more they take away spots. So, like, they're – like. Mm. You know, you look back when they're in PWG, they're doing all the flippy shit. Then, like, over the course of the time that they feuded in NXT, like, they went from here's, like, eight big spots to here's, like, five big spots. And then this one, they're like, here's three. Is that good? Is that okay? (laughs) I mean, mean, it was fine. And and I understand doing, you know, doing less to make things stand out more and what have you. But it's just kind of interesting to see them whittle down their moveset over time. Three matches from now is just going to be be uh fucking headlocks and yeah. wrist locks That's yeah it. yeah we're Maybe gonna be, bar. we're gonna be losing our shit because it, it, it's like the you know 2021 version of kane and big show doing chain wrestling like yeah. <laughs> that's what it's gonna be pretty much can't wait yeah um post match uh scarlet came out with uh with a satchel and uh mm-hmm. she dumped out the broken hourglass that lee broke a few weeks ago so uh, it looks like Karrion Cross is indeed coming after Keith Lee. But um, after the commercial break, Dominic Dijakovic uh, was cutting a promo when uh, Karrion Cross got in his face and they had a brawl. So uh, next week we are getting Dijakovic and Cross. Dijakovic, again, I thought was on the main roster, but apparently not. Had he done anything on the on Raw or SmackDown? Not that I can recall. Yeah. I, to, I to be fair, I'm getting old and my memory is getting weak. So it's entirely <laughs> possible. Uh, but um, uh, just kind of point of note, uh, there's a there's a bit – I forget what I saw that reminded me of it, but um, there's a bit in Karrion Cross's entrance now. He didn't have a match this week, but I'm just saying there's a bit in Karrion Cross's entrance now that I can't help but laugh uncontrollably at now. Is it when he falls or when he prays? Uh, neither one when he gets in the ring, uh, after, you know, the big long buildup and the, the light changes and he just makes that goofy ass face and stretches his hands out. He's like, (laughs) and I, I can't help but laugh because also he's making like this big face, like he's yelling, but he's not making any noise. Right. (laughs) So he's just sitting there like, 
and and I can't help but but take him not seriously anymore now. It's all theatrics, baby. Come I, on. I, I I know, I know, but I I at least appreciate when a guy you know does some semblance of leaning into it. Like one of my favorite things back in the day was Samoa Joe talking shit on the entire way to the ring. Yeah. Well, I think I think eventually what's going to happen with Cross's intro is that you know the lights the lights go out and then all the fog comes in and then the lights come back up and he steps up and goes. My name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and then just starts doing the whole play. He's not going to miss his shot. Yeah, he's not. He's not. <laughs> Scarlet can tell you. He, he doesn't. No, uh, she can't because she wasn't in the room when it happened. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> and this has been your Hamilton joke section of the Rough House podcast this week. Hope you're satisfied. <laughs> Timothy Thatcher very quickly submitted Denzel Dejonette. Isn't that the stuff I put on uh, my ham sandwiches? Yep, yep. Hellman's Dejonette. Yeah. Okay. They go back to the back, and Robert Stone was trying to apologize to Killian Dane about the whole coffee incident last week. Okay. Um, then uh, Aaliyah runs up to Stone to show him a picture drawn by Dexter Loomis. And, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? It's it's a whole stupid thing where this resulted in Killian Dane asking Robert Stone to get him a match with Dexter Loomis. So the room of uh, 100 monkeys typing this NXT script together really knocked yeah, this one yeah. out of the park, huh? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All um, right, sure. Then Why we not? had our main event, which was Io Shirai defending against Tegan Knox. I thought it was a damn fine match. Like I said last yeah. week, it was definitely too early for a title change, which kind of bums me out for Tegan. But I thought it was a good, a good match overall. I thought it was enjoyable. Um, post-match, though, Io gets attacked by Dark Dakota. As, Hell yeah, uh, kicked right in the face. <laughs> as uh, Dakota makes things very clear after winning the title shot at Great American. Oh, no, actually, sorry, it was Tegan who won. Anyway, Dakota making it clear she wants the next shot, which I think means that we are going to continue on eventually the Dakota Tegan feud. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, at Why least not? Dakota's getting to do something. Anyway, that was NXT. So, this somebody week. said fight forever and they took it to heart. Yes. Yes, very, very true. Um, so that was NXT this week. On the other side of the TV aisle, or at least on my cable box, literally the next channel over. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, literally, USA and TNT are right next to each other on, nice. on, on the Fios lineup. Uh, we had AEW fight for the Fallen, as it was a once again a pseudo-pay-per-view show. Show kicks off. Turns out we got no Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone. <laughs> Yeah, not able to be on air because his COVID test did not come back in time. He's fine, but his COVID test did not come back in time. See, that's how you don't run a sloppy shop right there. Yeah, that's a responsibility. How about that? A novel concept. So Taz was going to be filling in for our number one on commentary. Chris Jericho filling in on our number two. And the show kicked off for the TNT Championship is Cody defending against Sonny Kiss. Uh, I yeah, got... and they really uh, put some yeah. time and effort into the presentation of Sonny Kiss here, thankfully. Yes, yes. I will say I was surprised Sonny coming out second. 
which is always something that bothers me because it's supposed to be challenger than champion. But yeah, but I, I, he, uh, the introduction was a lot more elaborate than Cody's, so I think he needed the the time to to get that in. Yeah, I guess. I don't um, think I know. What I was very surprised by though was how kind of snug this match was. Like I yeah. I I thought it was gonna be a bit more of a spot fest. Uh, there was a lot of punches and kicks and whatnot being thrown, and Sunny Kiss looked very good. He's still. As good as he's getting, he still has that bit where you can kind of see the gears moving between spots. Yeah, um, the transitions aren't aren't super smooth. But what was particularly interesting was throughout the match, Cody was kind of acting a heel to the point where even Ard was getting fed up with him. Yeah. And also during said match, they kept cutting out to uh, the Tully. random crowd yeah. where Tully Blanchard was sitting wearing a mask, looking very much like Cobra Commander. <laughs> yes oh now i'm into that okay yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's do the let's do the cobra angle so i'll be honest wasn't subtle but i like where this could be heading in, in a four horseman stable yeah yeah or, or, or some sort of uh heel stable i definitely thought by the way that cody was going to beat down sunny kiss after the match but instead they embraced i don't know what cody said to uh, Sunny Kiss in in their hug, he was clearly saying something. I'm just going to choose to believe it's the same thing that Bill Murray said to Scarlett Johansson at the end of uh, Lost in Translation. The world will never know. <laughs> I've watched that movie once, and I remember not enjoying it. I I love that movie, but I I'm also a big dork who loves things that deal with Japanese culture, hence why I've spent pretty much all weekend playing of Ghost of Tsushima. So there you go. Anyway, match number two, FTR. Dax, Hardwood, Cash Wheeler going against the Lucha Bros of Pentagon and Phoenix. Of course, Pentagon and Phoenix, and uh, they're still with Butcher and Blade, who still have FTR's truck. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the moment, they did. At at the moment, they did. And um, this match was not as good as the eight-man. And there were definitely some spots that did not work out within a few moments of miscommunication, which led to some potatoes being thrown. But yeah. hot damn, when it was good, it was good. Uh, there were uh, there were definitely a couple a uh, couple snug shots being tossed around back and forth there yeah. to the point. Uh, and I think Pentagon's chops are pretty brutal um, to begin with. But when he really puts some extra stank on them, yeah, man, that shit, especially yeah. in a empty daily's place that shit echoed real nice yeah and i can only imagine because uh you know you could see how sweaty the guys were mm-hmm. minutes in uh someone looked up the weather while the show was going on literally you know 85 degrees with like 75 percent humidity yeah you could see the heat as the show went on take its toll on people And uh, in turn, maybe that's why some things didn't work. Like there was a weird wheelbarrow spot that the Lucha Bros went for like three times. And I still don't know what they were trying to do. Um, Chris, you're familiar with their moveset. Do you have any idea what it was supposed to be? I've seen them do this before. It's kind of I don't even know how to describe it. But yeah, it, it didn't work. And then they kept trying it and it didn't work. And it just looked foolish. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, if I hate to be critical of my beloved Lucha Bros, but uh, sometimes they take too long to uh, get into the next spot. So, you know, the, the their opponents kind of left in the Mortal Kombat finish impose. Yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah. 
staggering around waiting for whatever. Um, I won't say it's exclusive to them. Uh, that's kind of an AEW problem. Uh, I've noticed with people, I think, because I think it happened in the um, in the Elite Jurassic Express Definitely match as did. well. Definitely did, including during the craziest spot of the match. There's definitely yeah. like, okay, you you are building Legos right now. I can tell. I I enjoy the uh, complicated nature of the high spots and uh, creativeness uh, that they're going for here, but you know maybe rehearse it a couple times so you're you know a little better at getting in position for it. That that's one criticism is a uh, for AEW that I have. That and yeah. Justin Roberts yes. sucks. Eggs. Yes, yes, and he's still there. Um, anyway, after the match, Young Bucks popped up, beat down Butcher and Blade, took back the keys to F- FTR's truck, and here which ca- then Cash Wheeler could not start. Yes, for the life of yes. Like, isn't that your car, bro? Right, right <laughs> as they go to commercial, it did not yeah. work. Um, <laughs> they were like they were waiting for him to do it, and then I, I guess Tony was like, "All right, back the camera off because he can't get it." And then the camera started to back off, and he still couldn't. You could tell Cash was like looking at Dax, like, "I can't fucking." I can't, yeah, yeah. Dax is like, right now. "Fucking turn, fucking turn the thing." Fucking, <laughs> yeah. Longest thirty seconds of their life. Um, yeah. Anyway, Omega uh, came out with a cooler of beer, offered to finally drink a beer with FTR. FTR took their beers and poured them on Kenny Omega's head. Which then mm-hmm. got Kenny all hot, and the Bucks were holding him back. So and uh, throughout this, was this the match where um, Paige was drinking at the bar? No, that was the uh, that was the Elite match. Yes, right. Yes, Paige was drinking okay. at the bar during the Elite match, but they did during this match cut back to Tully a few different times while FTR were on offense. Yeah. Hint, hint. Man, okay, so hint, 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 so hint. Cody, FTR, and somebody else for a heel stable. Hopefully yeah. not Sean Spears. Hopefully not Sean Spears. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very much into that. So Chris Jericho comes out for a promo with Santana Ortiz and Jake Hager. Said he beat Orange Cassidy in one of the greatest matches in AEW history, and he won the ratings war. He said he's never been beaten the eighteen to forty nine demo and called himself the Demo God. I mean, uh, Chris Jericho is the only person I feel like could get away with this. Um, uh, especially with the fact that the lesson of this full segment was if you talk about ratings, you're an idiot. Yeah. And then he's a demo god. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's on a shirt already. And I'm sure whenever we go to a wrestling show, we'll see people wearing it. Yes. Um, yes. So the guy, uh, he's got the Midas touch for stupid catchphrases. I'm not going to lie. Yes. He, he really does. I, I, I hate to uh, bring up this comparison, especially because of the uh, fact that a lot of people keep bringing up that one might be a fan of the other. But it's almost Trump-like in his ability just to spin a catchphrase or turn a phrase that then gets repeated ad nauseum by fandom. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Like, hey. Why why do you have to make that correlation? I'm just saying, I don't like the dude, but he's very – he's he or his people are very skilled in coming up with nicknames for his political opponents. And they persist for years. Well, he's an infant, so they're infantile nicknames. So, yes. yeah, it kind of makes – he has the fucking IQ of a fourth grader. Anyway, while this, uh, this promo is going on, Arj Cassidy wanders out into the crowd. And uh, Jericho starts talking shit and said, you know, Cassidy did great, but he's too lazy to hang with Jericho at the top level. Cassidy throws up the thumbs up the half thumbs up and then turns it upside down. And in 
shades of Attitude Era WWE and its bloodbaths or late WCW and its New Order bloodbaths. The entire inner circle gets covered with orange juice and actually a few loose oranges to which Ortiz proceeds to spend the next 30 seconds bumping repeatedly on. Just flopping like a dead fish. Uh, I will also give credit to Chris Jericho for hitting his mark in the ring just spot on. Like he was exactly to the millimeter where he needed to be for maximum effect. Yes. Uh, and it was, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, it was funny and his selling of it yeah. was great. His, his $7,000 uh, jacket. Yeah. yeah. His continued selling of it on commentary uh, was, was really good too. Uh, and I, you know, it seems like there's more to come with that. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. So Jericho calls for a towel. A towel is given to him. And he unfurls it, and it's an orange Cassidy towel, which Excalibur lets us all know is now available on shopaew.com. And that was the first orange towel of the night. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yes. Yes. So now to cover for the fact that uh, they need to change the ring mat, as it's now been covered with orange juice and beer. Uh, Alex Marvez is in the back with Jurassic Express. Marco Stunt made fun of Chris Jericho, and uh, Luchasaurus said that after 65 million years, he's finally getting a chance to face the Elite. (laughs) It's it's a good gag. Pulls it off well. Then uh, Jericho joined the announce desk, taking Taz's place, yelling about being covered in orange juice, so they kept replaying the orange juice spot again to kill time. And we were then back with pro wrestling as it was the elite of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks going against Jurassic Express of Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. First things first, the elite need a theme which is not the being the elite theme. (laughs) That song sucks. Yeah, it does, but it's recognizable at this point to the AEW fan base. Fair, fair. Uh, Anyway, this six-man absolutely ruled uh it was really fun i quite enjoyed it you started with omega going full nido as he was it was working t-shirt mode and jericho even put it over appropriately he wasn't taking the match seriously he's wrestling in his shirt yeah um then you had omega and marco stunt having chemistry beyond what i think any of us expected and working some really fun segments together but then of course i was reminded that kenny omega once worked a legendary match with a seven-year-old girl so well, and a blow-up doll, yes. which, you know, both are probably similar weight to Marco's stunt. Exactly. Um, but I will – I'll give the little kid some credit, man. He he really – the the high-flying uh, offense that he pulled out was super smooth and crisp. Like, it looked really good. And, yeah. you know, Kenny being, uh, you know, clicking the DDT box in his brain was like, okay, let's have some fun with this. And uh, he sold for it, and it was really fun. I'd watch a full match with those two. Yeah, uh, 100% agreed. I actually really hope that that is coming down the pike, a a one-on-one match between them. But this was all about just crazy, crazy spots. Um, My understanding is the the, uh, Jurassic Express guys think about crazy double team and triple team spots all day and this was like their time to do all of them and this included some crazy you know like i said almost lego-esque setup where it ended up with i think it was nick jackson getting canadian destroyer off the second rope by marco stunt 
It yes. was just ridiculous and crazy. Basically, if you love Spot Fest, you will love this match. Also, if you just want to look up the gifts of this match, it's almost as good as watching the match itself. Although I don't recall seeing a gif of my favorite spot of the match, which is when Marco, after he's all house of fire outside doing his little Fortnite dance, he gets kicked right in the face by Nick Jackson. That made me chortle. Uh, <laughs> that got a good chuckle out of me. I mean, that's that's just that's just mwah, chef kiss right there. Yes. Um, Omega hit a bunch of V triggers toward the finish, uh, including uh, one on Stunt and one on Luchasaurus. He went for the one-winged angel. Um, Stunt blocked it, rolled him up for a near fall, then another V trigger, and one-winged angel does it on Stunt. Yeah, that last V trigger uh, really has some stank like on it. it. Really looked like it hit the mark, and then no pun intended. Um, and then, <laughs> then uh, that one winged angel really had some extra stank on it because he could yes. really throw. Usually, it's gravity doing the work on that. But considering how tiny Marco stunt is, I feel like uh, Kenny, you know, actually had a chance to put some force behind it as well, and it looked uh, looked like it had some killer snap to it. It was awesome. Yeah, and then after the match, Omega won't let up and is still beating the crap out of. Marco, which caused the Bucks to pull him back. Kenny, with a crazy look in his eye, takes a second, calms himself, and says, he's okay. He's okay. Yeah, what do you think that's all about? Where are we headed here? Uh, they've been hinting on BTE about him becoming the cleaner again, so uh, okay. we might be heading towards an Omega heel turn. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe because uh, uh, we saw during this match FTR hanging out with Hangman Page, maybe Omega's going to join up with them. Who knows? We'll see. Huh. All I know okay. is we're, we're starting to see some things shift and change in the landscape of AEW, and, and yeah. I'm all for it. Uh, Alex Marvez, still under payroll, still not replaced by one Justin Q. Schlegel, uh, is backstage with Hakuru Shida. Uh, Marvez talks about how four out of the five top contenders are unavailable, whether due to injury or suspension. So Shida says if uh, anyone has the passion to step up, and challenge her. So it sounds like she's going open challenge as well. Um, and we are seeing some additional women uh, in AEW, yeah. uh, as we'll talk about when we talk about the traditional AEW next week promo train. Yeah. John Moxley cut a promo, really good promo, talking about how he's going to tear the bicep off the surgically repaired arm of Brian Cage, which very smart set up what was coming down the pike also of note uh both in this promo and in his intro he's wearing a um danny havoc shirt which i thought was mm -hmm. a classy classy move we had a quick squash of uh kenzie page and mj jenkins by the nightmare sisters brandy Rhodes and alley this did nothing for me and i don't understand why it was on my television yeah i i i'm trying to find a reason <laughs> and i'm coming up empty here then uh, we went to commercial. We came back. Dasha Gonzalez called out Nyla Rose, uh, asking uh, for the big reveal of the manager. And Dasha does reveal her manager. Nyla. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Nyla does reveal her manager as with a really great entrance theme. As yeah. It's a trap beat built exclusively around her catchphrase. It's Vicky Guerrero. Hell yeah. Now, I'm excited that Vicky Guerrero is back on television because she's an incredibly effective heel. She cuts good yeah. promos. She's for someone who was literally, Oh, a dead wrestler's wife. She has proven to be an incredible performer. Agreed. Uh, as, as you know, uh, a GM as uh, a manager, all of these different things. What does she 
add to Nyla that Nyla didn't have? I don't know. Like, Nyla's a great promo. Nyla's great in the ring. I feel like Nyla is one of the few near-complete members of the AEW women's roster. I don't really know, like, what the benefit is here. Typically, a manager is, you know, in, in addition to it, it's to, you know, accentuate positives, hide negatives, to use the old Paul Heyman turn of phrase. I don't really know what benefit Vicky gives to Nyla beyond, like, oh, there's a, a, a known name in the mix now. There's that. There's extra heat. Uh, somebody to cheat on the outside. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. But again, she doesn't need any of that stuff. Like you said, I'm, I'm not sure now that you think about it. Yeah, that's that's my only complaint about it. Like, I, I'm excited that Vicky is doing something. I had a hunch she would be because, you know, she'd been on AEW television a few different times now. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Nyla's the right person because it, we've got on record as enjoying her promos, including, I found your candlestick, bitch. Plow. <laughs> that was great. Yes. <laughs> Still cracks me up. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. I'm sure that there's some kind of plan uh, plan for it uh, to shake out. And, you know, we'll just have to tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on TNT and find out. Yes, indeed. And speaking of Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, again, they did their little promo train before the main event. Choo-choo. We've got Cody defending the TNT title in an open challenge. Probably Matt Cardona. Uh, we, Come on, Warhorse. We've got Hangman Page versus Five from the Dark Order. That's a former former Allen Angels. Okay. Uh, Ivalice making Hell her yeah. AEW main roster debut versus Diamante. MJF will be in action. We've got the Young Bucks. Wasn't, ver- oh, uh, where was Diamante before? Was she Impact? She was Impact, yes. Okay, all right. And she she, she did some uh, jobber work for NXT. She wasn't the one with LAX, was she? She was with LAX, yes. Okay, all right. I yeah. wasn't sure. Yeah. I thought because that, yeah. Okay, all right. Interesting. I will say when they showed the promo image for the match, and it was two dark haired women wearing backwards baseball caps and bandanas over their face. I was like. Is this fucking like Sub Zero and Scorpion? What's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> it's the Mia Yims. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah. The battle yeah. of the Yims. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it, and it was weird because they showed those two next to each other, kind of palling around in the crowd earlier yeah. in the night. So I was like, now they're fighting each other. Okay, all right. Yeah. And what happened to fucking Abaddon? Let's get that uh, freaky bitch back. <laughs> let's bring that thing on television. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Let's. Uh, can you imagine Sheeta and Abaddon? That'd be fucking dope. Yeah. I. You know what? I. I, I want that immediately. Uh, also, uh, Young Bucks versus Butcher and Blade in False Count Anywhere match, which should be really fun. Nice. Uh, and Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus Jericho and Jake Hager, which should be okay. Yeah, we got to suffer through a Jake Hager match. Yeah, yeah. But, Three quarters yeah. of that match should be fine. Yeah. And nice. then we had our main event, uh, John Moxley, Brian Cage. Uh, I liked this a lot. And once again, it showed the unique way that John Moxley is putting together his matches. This reminded me a lot of the the Brody Lee match in so much as it wasn't necessarily about putting Mox over. It was giving Mox a victory while retaining the heat of his challenger. Um, You know, we saw it in uh, the Brody Lee match in so much as Brody kicked out of the paradigm shift. 
mm-hmm. uh, got put through the actual stage and then got choked out. Didn't actually yeah. tap out, got choked out. In this instance, you had Mox after a brawl basically going full ZSJ and then just taking apart the arm for the rest of the match and locking in an arm bar and Taz throwing in the towel. Um, and I thought that was that was unique and different. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this match, and I also feel like there's a bit more uh, gas left in the tank if they want to do more. Yeah, yeah and I feel like they will... Um cage on socials was tweeting about you know how he considered firing uh taz after mm-hmm. this and stuff like that so the keeping the keeping the cave fabe going on on the twitter tweets um but yeah the fact that he didn't give up personally yeah. uh, that always you know that's a fun thing to do um to keep something going and i wouldn't mind seeing a rematch uh, of them at any time so i'm i'm, yeah. I'm for it and it was clear that things weren't necessarily over as after the match, uh, Cage grabbed the FTW belt, hit John Moxley with the belt after the bell, thrown right hands, all that fun stuff. Lights go out. I yell Sabu. It was not Sabu. My <laughs> wife goes, what the fuck's going on? Still wasn't Sabu. It was Darby Allen on the top yeah. rope with a skateboard as he ollies off of the head of Brian Cage. And, uh, you know, uh, he and Cage still have their issue from the ladder match at Double or Nothing. Um, so clearly that's, that feud is continuing. But what was also interesting was Darby and Mox were making eyes at each other. So I don't know if this means we might see a triple threat for the world title at All Out or what. But it, it's clear that there's still some issues between Mox and Cage. Darby still wants a piece of Cage. And hey, what the hell, let's run Mox and Darby one more time. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the very last moment, it looks like they were going for a fist bump. Um, so maybe it was a, a, a nod to, hey, good job. I didn't need you, but okay, thanks anyway, yeah. sort of thing. Or maybe it's it's like you said. Um, but happy to see Darby back, mm-hmm. um, finally cleared. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, the kids of talent, looking forward to seeing uh, where, where, that, uh, where that goes and what kind of stupid stunt he's going to do next. 100% agreed. And uh, again, this was unfortunately one of those moments where if they had a live crowd, people would have lost their shit without oh, a live sure, crowd. Yeah. And, and let's be honest, the, the faux AEW crowd was definitely starting to be on its last legs by the end of the night. The heat got it was to them hot, too. Yeah. Um, and also there were a few people who weren't there. I noticed uh, no Penelope Ford or Kip Sabian. Don't know what that was about. Maybe their tests were stuck in the same ether as Tony Schiavone's. Uh I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but all in all, fun show. Looking forward to Dynamite next week. Uh, we'll see what happens if we're now officially on the road to All Out. And uh, that should be in what I think it's the first weekend of September. So we've Labor got a, day, yeah. we got a few weeks of shows to go. So we'll see what happens between that and also uh, I guess we're going to start getting a build to a takeover because SummerSlam weekend is fast approaching. So we'll see what happens on NXT. Oh yeah, SummerSlam. Yeah, still a thing, still happening. Not in front of people though. Vince really wanted that. Not happening. Yeah, sorry, Vince. No, I'm not I'm not sorry at all. Yeah, yeah, we're we're never <laughs> sorry. No, All right, no we're going to wrap up now. comes to that shithead. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> Not, like, actually, though. I feel like he'd be, uh... I don't know. I don't feel like he'd be a receptive he, he, bottom. Yeah, he's he's not a giving lover. Vince McMahon would never <laughs> be described as a giving lover. 
<laughs> the Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Rough House at patreon.com slash the Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N 7 lowercase C 3 lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. The Rough House Podcast is brought to you by the AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well. If you want to like me, have a good talk style words with your speech, simply make sure that you cut the promo for people to be like, yeah, that man has the points for with talking app. The AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well is now accepting applications for prospective new students. Are you an aspiring pro wrestler but not sure if you can handle yourself on the stick? Then call the AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well to hone your craft just like the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. For example, Claire Lynch, that ain't a, that's not a good. So I was like, uh-uh. And, and then Dixie Carter, she said, hmm. And I'm like, you got it, because I'm, I'm the one that's pheno- phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one here in this environment of wrestling. All right, we got six sides on like... four now, AJ! We got four sides in the... One, this is my house, and this is where I live. I'm the best, I'm the best that's ever been in the world. I'm the best that there is. Be the best that there is, just like AJ Styles. The AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well will make sure you're ready to take the squared circle by vociferous force. Classes include Spitting Hot Fire 101, Advanced Pipe Bomb Dropping, and Mush Mouth Management. Send in your application now to the AJ Styles School for Talking Good Promo Well and make yourself phenomenal. I'm the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, and if you have desires to speak in a fashion much than the way that I have done talks before with the way I've done words all the, with my mouth. I make speak and people go, man, and then I kick people. Usually it heads, I, my head I'm in the, I kick them in the head is what I do. Um, I'm a total knockout. E, EC, TNA. TNA is what I'm in. Because that's, that's where I'm Really hoping I get hired by WWE. I'll wear a mask. I hear there's a sim car open. The AJ Style School for Talking Good Promo Well is located in the Deep South, right in front of Foreign Object Warehouse and perpendicular to the KFC. 